a top skill desired by ag employers is writing. Yet ag teachers already have a full plate. How to teach our students writing and make it fun, or at least tolerable. That's today's topic on Outpellets. Welcome to Outpellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We share research-based tips and tackle the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Outpellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, Mike Ritalik from Iowa State University, and Brian Myers from the University of Florida. We are your agricultural education resource across the web. All right, Taylor Ruth from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Thank you so much for being with us today here on Outpellets. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. And uh, we are recording this now. It's, it's cold here. We are having iguanas falling from trees in Florida. My good friends here in Nebraska and Iowa are not feeling sorry for me here in Florida. But, you know, we will, we will carry on and watch out for falling iguanas. We don't want anybody to get hurt. <laughs> the best part will be is if this podcast actually plays in like July. That'll be that'll yeah. be fantastic. Like talking about <laughs> what was that breaking the fourth wall? Whenever you start talking about things to to other people or something, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm out of my league. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but who does know what she's talking about is Dr. Ruth. Um, is going to talk to us about student writing a little bit. So. It's Taylor, tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about and what you guys did here. Yeah, so at my previous institution, I was hired to come in and really revamp writing for our entire college. They wanted me to improve the writing skills of students in the college, but they told me that the writing class I created would not be mandatory. And I realized, oh, I've got to convince these students to take a writing class. And I'm sure most people can understand writing isn't necessarily an elective students take for fun. So I wanted to figure out, you know, what motivates these students to take a writing class, what motivates them to feel comfortable in that writing class and feel like they can be successful. Because if I didn't know that, there was no way I could market this class or really make it something students wanted to take and wanted to be a part of. So that's really why this study uh, came about in the first place. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So let's even back this up a sense, because I mean, this was a great Number one, I agree, this is research that was done to solve a real-life problem. I think that is the great mm-hmm. thing for all the ag teachers to realize. That's, that's kind of what we, we try to do here with our research. But with, what would you tell ag teachers about writing? Because as I was reading your paper, it reminded me, and you talked about all these career things. I think every career list we talk about, we've, we've even had other podcasts about what an important skill set employers want. Writing is always like one or two on that list. Yeah. It is always so high, um, really regardless of what type of career these students are going into, whether it's hard science, applied science, a technical um, job that they're going into, or a communication job like mine. I know I write all the time, but people have to write no matter what they're doing, whether it's writing emails or writing memos or they're writing social media posts to promote what they're doing or they're writing directions to people that they're working with within their shop people have to write. And employers have said time after time, writing is one of these most important skills that we need because we don't have the time as a company to teach you how to write. We can teach you all these other technical skills you'll be doing on the job day to day, but we need somebody else to teach you how to write. But they also keep saying, none of these students know how to write. These are college graduate students that are coming out um, for the most part of these studies. And they're saying, 
they don't really have the writing skills needed to be able to communicate their point across. It doesn't always have to be this elaborate news story. Like I said, sometimes it's just writing directions for people to be able to follow um, something as simple as that, because if that communication chain breaks down, you're going to have a lot of issues. So writing is that key skill across all types of disciplines that's needed that employers are saying they're just not seeing all the time. You talked a little bit about that disconnect. So can you unpack that a little bit? You know, we have teachers and faculty that will tell us that uh, we're teaching writing and students are developing that and, and graduates will tell us that they're good writers and yet we have employers that are saying they still got to do better. So unpack that for us a little bit. Yeah, so I think I think what I've seen a lot with my classes and with talking with other teachers is they're trying to teach, we're, we're having to teach so much, right? We're having to teach content. So it's hard enough to teach the content with having to teach writing on top of that too. And I think sometimes students are getting feedback, oh, this is good, this is fine, but there's still maybe some areas of improvement that are needed that we're just not having the time as instructors to give that feedback on. So when we have these specific writing courses, we need to make sure we're making the most of that to let those students know where they can improve. I think a lot of the times too, students compare themselves to each other with their writing ability. And especially with this, this was with college students. They were freshmen at a major university. They're probably top of their class in their high school and they probably were really good writers for that area. And they haven't seen what writing looks like at a professional level yet either. So I think exposing them to seeing what good writing looks like in their career field is really important for them to understand, not to bring them down, but for them to understand what those expectations really look like. But I think I think students sometimes don't understand their areas that need to be improved just because teachers don't always have the time to necessarily comment on the technical writing part of what they've submitted when they're having to grade on the content too. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a good point. And I think one of the things that, uh, you know, the comment that made me think about it is, writing is so personal mm -hmm. and you know when you're when you're putting thoughts and ideas and trying to write and put put your ideas in, on paper um it, it's laying your thoughts your feelings out there and to have someone else judge evaluate assess grade certainly can um have a have an impact on that so anything related to that that with your study or in your research that you've been working on related to that yeah, absolutely. So we asked the students basically what you just described, what it feels like to have your writing evaluated. We call that writing apprehension, where you just get a little anxious. You don't really want to do it because you don't want other people to see what you've written. You don't want to be judged. You don't want to be evaluated. And the students did indicate that's something that makes them very anxious. Um, they don't like to feel like they're not good enough. When they do well at writing, they did say, it makes me feel good to know that I'm good at this. But when I'm being evaluated on it and I'm being critiqued and told what I did wrong all the time, it's not a good thing. And it actually makes them feel like they can't be successful at writing. So I think it's important for us as teachers when we're commenting on their writing to not only talk about, here's some things to improve, some things you maybe missed in your writing that's not clear, but also really highlight and really praise them for the things that they did well. If they did a great job explaining um, whatever the point was of that paper, tell them that. If they have a sentence that is just like perfectly structured and descriptive and you think it just nailed it on the head, tell them that. So that way they can see that they are making improvements and they are doing some things really good. That'll help build up their self-esteem. It'll help lower that writing apprehension too and just overall make that a better learning experience for those students. Mm -hmm. 
as I was going through your paper and, and looking at some things, some things really struck out, stuck out to me. And this is maybe because I, you know, becoming more and more of the crotchety old man, just yelling at the kids to get off the lawn. <laughs> but, you know, I, I look at one spot, the, the students said, I 70% said they agree with the statement that I believe I need to write well to feel successful. And then over 50% of them also agreed that proper writing skills are not necessarily, are not necessary to show that I am competent. So, and then, and then they go on and say that learning about writing is not useful for my career goals. Over 70% said that. And then 84% ended up saying that, yes, learning to write well will be useful for my career after graduation. So I think that might be a, um, a table issue. Oh, okay. <laughs> we reverse coded some of those. Okay. So that might just be clarity of me writing things. But so they actually, because looking a at writing now, issue. Writing issue. <laughs> I'm so good at it. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so those were those were reverse coded. So for the most part, with um, thinking about okay. it, so forty eight percent did agree that it would be useful for their career goals, um, and then writing in the future, forty five percent agree that it would be required for their career goals too. Okay, maybe. It may not be a writing issue. It may just be a a, a, you know, a reader issue that just, again, I just want to be crotchety and say, these kids these days. What are uh, they doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll get off the porch and quit yelling at the kids. So <laughs> You were just looking for some ammunition. No. I was. <laughs> I was. I, I hate it when the facts prove my pre or don't prove my preconceived notions. Exactly. <laughs> But they, I, but honestly, though, I was surprised by those results because people in my college I was at at least talked all the time how the students don't think they need to know how to write. They want to become, a lot of the students at that university wanted to be veterinarians. They were pre-vet or um, wanted to work with animal science. And people kept saying, oh, they don't think they need to know how to write, which they, they clearly do. They're working with patients. They're doing reports all the time. Um, so it was, for me, I was actually excited to see those because the students, the students did see the value of it. But I think what's happening possibly is down the road, we're saying, oh, they don't see the need. They don't see the need. And the students start to think, oh, maybe I don't see the need. Because yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. with these freshmen, they, they did. You've talked about this a little bit with the different types of writing, but for ag teachers out there, for the type of writing, what can we be working on? Because, I mean, I've always thought, because when you talk about writing, sometimes people think about writing essays and writing just, or even stories, just writing these long things, but there's there's technical writing stuff that's really, really important mm -hmm. too. So how do we help distinguish that? And how do we help our high school and middle school students get prepared to do that? Because when we talk about trying to write a thing, our, our students just kind of cringe up on that. So how mm -hmm. can how can we in the high school classrooms kind of help prepare our folks for these careers? And then whether they go on to, to tech school, trade school, or college to be successful writing that way? Yeah, so every writing assignment I give my students is something that they can then bring to a potential employer or to a university they're trying to apply to and say, this is something I created that's relevant to you and what you're doing. So whether that is doing a little mini research report about that area. So here in Nebraska, we have a large um, 
beef production here. So a lot of my students are writing about the role of beef and climate change and how much it's actually contributing and what that actually looks like. So they have a good understanding of that issue here within the state. Also teaching students how to, like I said, write directions so that way people can clearly follow them. Teaching students how to write social media posts that can communicate about your area of agriculture. These are all little things that don't take a whole lot of writing. It's not writing this huge personal narrative or the story that you created or came up with, but it's things that the students can really bring to the table when they're applying to jobs in the future and say, I know how to do this. I have these skills. And if you tell the students ahead of time, this is why we're doing this type of writing, I think they can really connect that with their personal goals that they have, and they're going to try a lot more, right? So if you're just writing this fake story about something just to practice writing, you're not going to put a whole lot of effort into it. But if you are writing a blog post about the industry that you want to work in in the future, whether that's with beef here in Nebraska or strawberries down in Florida, then you're going to care a lot more about that. You're going to know a lot more about that content. And instead, you can focus more on the actual writing part of it because you're already interested in that. Yeah, Taylor, I think that's a good point. And I hope hope the ag teachers that are listening kind of pick up on it. And, and maybe you can expound on a little bit but more. But all the examples you provide are writing within the content area, writing within mm-hmm. a context that uh, students kind of understand and know. Um, talk about maybe your study or the in in some of the work that you've done how important that research is and, and being able for students to be able to write in a situation that they're comfortable with or within the context of agriculture. Definitely. So in this study, I looked at different values students associated with writing, and one of them was their intrinsic value. So how much happiness or joy they get from writing. You won't be surprised. It was low. (laughs) They were not super excited. They didn't find it something they were excited to go to. They found it kind of boring. Um, They weren't super enjoying it. So I think if they don't enjoy the actual process, if you can make them enjoy the context of what they're writing about, that makes such a huge difference. Um, In a lot of my classes, I try to structure it where Maybe this is a something informational you're writing, or it's a persuasive piece that you're writing, but I allow the students to choose the context of what that is related to what job they want and what industry they hope to work in, and they just run with it, and they seem to enjoy it so much more than if I told them, you're going to write a paper about X, Y, and Z, instead of me telling them what it is, they get to choose it. And I think providing them a little bit of structure so that way they have some guidance so it's not writing about anything. I tell them it needs to be about an agricultural or environmental sciences topic, Mm -hmm. but that's it. They get to pick the topic within there, and I think it helps. It makes a world of difference. And within this research, too, we saw that as their intrinsic value for writing increased, they're more likely to feel like they'd be successful at writing in the future. And I think that's just so important for them. But it also comes from us as teachers. If you go in and say, well, we're going to teach writing today. I know it's not very fun, but mm-hmm. we have to do it. Your students are going to pick up on that too. But if you come in and you say, we're going to learn about writing today. Here's all the ways we can use it in our careers. Here's all the reasons it's important for you. I'm excited to get to talk to you about it. They're going to feel that excitement and they're going to feel more of that um, intrinsic value associated with their happiness or an enjoyment from doing writing. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting approach, you know, and and maybe you can give us some insight as to what you might recommend as how we approach writing. So I I think a little bit about you talked about coming in being positive and saying, okay, today we get to write, 
versus yeah. I think about my kids when I was trying to get them to eat vegetables when they were little. Uh-huh. So I didn't necessarily tell them it was vegetables. I kind of snuck it in there with the rest of the stuff. So what's that sweet spot between kind of sneaking it into the curriculum and having students do it on a daily day-to-day basis and they don't even know that they're doing it versus perhaps uh, saying, okay, explicitly today we're going to work on writing and, and this is part of uh, what we're trying to accomplish. That's such a great question. So one of the things I've started doing in my classes that are more writing intense, but they aren't, are we in timeout? We can't hear Brian. You keep saying how great his question was, but then say how great my questions are. (laughs) (laughs) She's just trying to make me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) If I had any feelings at all, they'd be hurt right now. But I know you don't, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she knows you too well, Dr. Myers. She does. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead with a great answer to this wonderful, great question asked by Mike Ritalik, the greatest question asker in the world, and I'll just sit back here and watch. (laughs) I forgot the question. (laughs) So. Let me see if I can rephrase it. So the, uh, balancing between being explicit, explicitly telling yeah. that we're working on writing versus kind of folding it in and, and hiding it into the um, the rest of the curriculum. Yeah. So what I was saying was in my classes where it's a writing intensive class, but it's not necessarily a strictly writing class. At the beginning of the semester, I tell we have a short little it's maybe 20 minute lesson on my expectations for writing in the 10 most common mistakes that I see in my students writing and just tell them from the get go, here's these 10 mistakes. Here's how to improve these or to recognize these. Then we do a little activity where we look at one of the worst papers I've ever seen written. They all have a meltdown at how poorly written it is. And that was by Dr. Myers. Of course. Yeah. And then <laughs> so they have a little meltdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They have a little meltdown about it and they realize, oh my goodness, if you aren't writing well, it's really hard to understand what you're saying. We're all on the same page at the beginning of the semester. And then throughout the semester, I don't bring writing up again explicitly. It's part of every rubric that I have. It's worth about 10% of their grade, just talking about I'm able to read what you've written without any major issues. And 10% of every rubric is towards writing and I give them feedback on every assignment, but it's not this huge thing that's part of the class, but I tell them at the beginning of the class what my kind of minimum expectations are for their writing. And for me, that has seemed to really help with that. And like I said, all of the assignments that I give, the students get to choose the actual topic that what they're writing on. So they can focus a little bit more on that physical writing piece anyways, too, which I think also helps. I think those are such great ideas to, to be able to kind of start small, give them, give them those kind of tasks to do that and build it into their things. Because I, I think it's really easy sometimes we say, well, we really don't write anymore. We're, we're emailing or texting, but we're still writing. And that if it's a yes. different kind of writing, and I would almost argue that being able to communicate in the written form was becoming more and more important because of how we're communicating with people across distances and leaving, you know, sending notes and writing quick reports. And I know all of us get asked to write little one pages on new ideas or whatever else we're trying to do. And so how how do you write succinctly and help people understand that it's actually more difficult to write something when you're limited to one page than if you have as many pages as you want to do that. And that quality of writing is really, really important. 
Oh, exactly. And I actually, in every first day of class, I do talk about emails with my students because it is so critical for students to know how to email just in life. And a lot of them don't. I've gotten so many emails that say, hey, I'm not going to be there tomorrow. Is that going to be a problem? end of email yeah there's a lot of problems in that email but (laughs) yes you need to come to class too so I also talk about that in every class because you're right that written communication is so important and the more we're writing to each other texting or emailing I think the more chances there are for miscommunication and for our topics to not come across and our points to not come across clearly so I think that's so critical for our students these days to understand so that way they can be effective in their communication once they get out into the quote-unquote real world I'll have to paraphrase a Mark Twain quote, but uh, I think he at one time uh, said, I apologize for the length of this letter, but I didn't have time to write it any shorter. (laughs) That's good. Uh, Related to that, just real briefly, and I know Dr. Myers has got another question. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the developmental process? I mean, I, I think about how my writing has evolved in I wasn't a good writer in high school and, and I could look back and probably really cringe at my undergrad and even my days as an ag teacher. Um, but over time, as you continue to write and craft thoughts and send emails and write memos and write proposals and do all those kind of things, your writing kind of continues to evolve. So where, yeah. where, where do ag teachers start and, and how can we kind of help if that's the case where we need to kind of help students get started and kind of grow and develop those skills, what's that look like? Well, that's another really good question. So, (laughs) yeah. So with that, we also looked at self-efficacy within this study, looking at how good students are at problem solving and overcoming obstacles and what their resilience is. And that relates so strongly to writing and what you just talked about too, because if students keep writing and they keep writing the same way over and over again, and they're not learning from their mistakes and they're not trying to improve. That's not great. That's not what we need. But if we teach students how to problem solve, how to really take constructive criticism and be able to apply that within their writing, I think that makes all the difference, not only in their writing, but in everything else that we're teaching them in the classroom, right? As long as they have that self-efficacy and they're able to really, um, kind of work for themselves and problem solve and work through different issues, they're going to be able to improve in all of those skills. And with the study, we found that when their self-efficacy was higher, they did believe they'd be more successful at writing in the future too, which I think is a great thing for us to see. And it's just general self-efficacy, just their ability to overcome obstacles, to solve problems, to be resilient in times where things maybe aren't going their way. And I think that's something that we can definitely work on with our students, teaching them how to do that. And um, that's more of a soft skill, but I think that's still such a critical skill that we can help our students with. And it can definitely help them see that process of writing change and evolve over time as long as they keep working towards that goal. Mm-hmm. So, so as we kind of wrap this up, I want to try to give a very concrete example for our folks. And, and folks know that in addition to being a great researcher, Taylor is an outstanding teacher. And so she's really good at this. I'm going to ask for a teaching example. And one of the things you talked about early on was writing directions. Mm-hmm. And so can you kind of kind of walk us through, if you're going to coach a, a high school ag teacher on if we wanted to kind of help them design an activity, an assignment, a thing for them to do to, to, to help their students about writing directions, how, how would you suggest they do that? What, what would that look like down in the nitty gritty for them to do that? Yeah, so I've... <laughs> 
I'm laughing because I, I have a good example that it ended fine, but something did go amiss towards the end. Uh, so when I teach writing directions, I have my students get into groups, have the big flip charts around the room with markers. And first we watch a video about how to make the perfect airplane. And then the students sit together and they make the paper airplane together. And then they work about, well, how would I write this down to teach somebody else who's reading a pamphlet about how to make this paper airplane. It's something all the students know how to do, they're familiar with. And you can talk about, well, is it just written directions? Do we need to draw out the paper and what the folds look like? Do we, how explicit do we need to be? How much text do we need to use when we're writing this out? And the students are able to work through that together as a group and figure out what do these directions look like? And most of the students do figure out, oh, we probably need text as well as images to go with this. And we can't use too many words because that makes it too complicated. And then we're able to talk about, so what's some scenarios that you can actually use this in too in your future and students that are wanting to go work in a lab or they're wanting to go work in you know, veterinary sciences, like, oh, I can write down lab protocols, what that might look like. Or I might have directions for how to, you know, plant and plant some seeds that we have out in our greenhouse so they can see that connection. But with the paper airplanes, that seemed to be something that was really easily accessible for them. Now at the end, I let them all throw the paper airplanes and that's where things went downhill. One student threw it up into the projector that was like two stories up in the air and it got caught in the fan vent. <laughs> I turned that off very fast so it did not catch on fire. Um, and then we just threw more paper airplanes at it till it fell out. So if you let your students throw the paper airplanes at the end, maybe make sure there's nothing um, it can get stuck in. I thought it was paper. What damage could it do? Apparently a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you that, but <laughs> that I'm going to have to call Dr. Myers and tell him I need, you know, service to come to this classroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that's great. And, and part of it too, with, with all that, you know, I, we talked about here with my own son, he just, we, we took off this past holiday season. He had to leave directions for the person that was going to take care of his show hog while he was gone. Yeah. And he wrote those and it was kind of funny. I'm like, do you think she can know what you, what you want her to do based on what you just told her? You know, yeah. how, how are you going to do this? And so um, it, it's simple things. And I, and I think that's important for all of our ag teachers out there to remember when we're talking about the need to teach writing in our, in our context of agriculture, it's not a gun. We're not asking people to write nonfiction, big, these short stories. Mm -hmm. It is this, technical writing, it is directions, it is sharing of ideas, it's, it's making those things happen. So this has been fantastic. Taylor, thank you so much for being with us today here on Outpellet, sharing this information. Um, and it's right, you know, sometimes we don't want to talk about writing, we don't think it's fun, but you've done a great job here of showing and collecting some good research that's going to show how we can utilize this and present this to, to students to prepare them best, again, whether that's college or career or college and career as they go on to that, that next step. So thank you very much. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. And it's time to stop. I don't have any other good questions to ask anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Since, since Mike Retallick has had a great question, we're going to call today. Uh, thank you guys for, for being here on Outpellets. There are going to be some great infographics, some great resources here about how you can uh, find specific ways to highlight the writing and help your students become better technical writers in the areas of agriculture. So thanks a lot. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. 
Be sure to follow Al Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers. <laughs>